Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast. I have the very newly Allie McCall joining me today. Um, some of you may know Allie from Recovery. We're actually going to get into a little bit of the transition here. Um, Allie recently got married, hence the new last name. And I have had the privilege and honor of knowing Allie for a couple years now. We have worked alongside each other in a lot of different capacities on a lot of different projects. We are very much in alignment in terms of ethical and aligned entrepreneurship. So she is the absolute perfect guest to be joining me here today. She actually recently launched Allie yeah. McCall Coaching. She decided to rename her business, really name it, you know, in her her new name. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. She coaches women to embody their power in creative financial and business goals to materialize their dreams through their own unique energy. And her new Instagram is A-L-I, so Allie McCall, M-C-C-O-L-L coaching. And we will drop that link in the bottom for all of you so you can find her. But chances you are already following her, you're just probably like I was when I was like, wait, this story looks familiar, but I don't like who even is this? And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's Allie's rebrand. That was literally what happened for me. I was like going through my stories one day and I was like, who's this new coach? And then I was like, oh my gosh, it's Allie. You <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was, it was a lovely little, little surprise. I was like, oh, okay. Like we're, we're here now. Um, so going back. time. That's what got me. Well, yeah, like, that was the other thing. And if you – It would have worked. Right. Yes, exactly. Because you changed – it was – you didn't do a new account. You rebranded Recovery, um, which is amazing. But I was still used to looking to you there, and you dropped a name change, a rebrand, and a new uh, profile photo, like – all in one fell swoop. So it was, yep. it was a little bit <laughs> confusing, but we're, we're all up to speed now. Yeah. Um, but this is the second iteration of your coaching business, but you are so much more than a coach. You're also an entrepreneur. You are a cycle breaker, a self-healer, so many yeah. things. So just going into your story a little bit and sharing the important pieces of your journey, I would love to hear from you where you were and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, thank you for the beautiful introduction of all the things that I All the can. things. When you name it that way, I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to summarize the whole thing now. But to try to just make it, you know, as brief as possible, the big pieces of my story are really a pretty chaotic childhood and early 20s. I was in a super toxic relationship from the time I was about 12 years old, which people are always like, what? How? I'm like, oh, it's possible. 12 years old until about 25 years old. During that time, I had a lot of anxiety. I manifested um, a lot of codependency in different forms, not only on that toxic relationship, but family units, my job, money, you name it. I probably was codependent on it. Um, had no self-worth in my actual self. It was all externalized. And I had a breaking point at about 25 thinking I am a quarter, right? If I live to 100, through a quarter way through my life, this can't be it. <laughs> this cannot be it. So I really started a deep self-healing journey at 25, which by the time I was 30, I had successfully um, launched my first iteration of my business, Recovery Life Coaching. I was a full-time coach making more money than I was ever making in a corporate um, more psychology, ABA therapy background. And I also was with now my husband, um, who wasn't my husband yet at that time, but I was in a really healthy and successful relationship with him. And we also 
got ownership in a coffee shop. So also was a brick and mortar business owner on top of being a online entrepreneur in my own life coaching business. And just this year, we've kind of started the next chapter, I guess you can say, of our journey. And we have exited ownership, excuse me, exited operating. We still retain our ownership in that business, but we currently are um, completely removed from that business 100% for everything except the ownership we have removed ourselves from. Um, And we moved. We also, I just did my rebrand on top of us getting married. So in 2023, we kind of took the life that we knew like this time last year and have flipped it entirely on its head and are stepping into a whole new chapter, which is also including um, opening a new coffee shop by this time next spring. So we are working on that project as well. So again, that's like the quickest version of my story that I can make it. (laughs) (laughs) And Going back to that younger version of you, did she ever think that that this was even possible? That, you know, the relationship that you're in, the, you know, entrepreneurship that you embody, what did it look like for her then? Like, what was her life trajectory if you hadn't done the healing work, if you hadn't done the cycle breaking? What, what were you looking at? Yeah, goosebumpy question. I think going back to that version of me and really like putting myself back in her shoes, she thought that toxic relationships were normal, first of all, so that that was going to be the best love of her lifetime, that the highs and the lows were what love came with. So I had to definitely felt like had to, like it wasn't an option, grovel to have as much love as I felt like I had, which, you know, in retrospect was very minimal. Um, And that I was going to essentially sacrifice my whole life, that I was going to be a martyr to receive love, validation, abundance, success. I just had to be on my hands and knees. And I say that somewhat literally because back in the day I had so much anxiety, so many panic attacks where I would literally end up on the floor of my closet just in complete panic that this was the rest of my life, but I didn't see any way out. So I thought that was going to be forever. And when you ask like, what did I see for my future? I mean, to me now it feels so small because my future feels so um, limitless. Like I'm like, if we've done this in a few years, like five years, 10 years from now, which isn't even that long a time, right? I'm like 25, 30 years, like where can we be? It's limitless. But back then I really just saw you work the job, you make the money, you get the promotion, you marry the toxic guy, you have the kids, you try to protect them as much as you can from the toxicity, but you know they're going to get a good dose of trauma because back then I also thought that in family units was completely normal. Um And you're on anxiety medication the rest of your life to just cope and deal with it all. So my Mm. dreams for myself were not very high. I was going to say that's pretty bleak. Like that is pretty bleak. Mm -hmm. But we can say that sitting here now, you and I having this conversation, but that is a similarity that we both have in terms of our past selves, like really we're coming from a place of survival, really just rinse and repeat the cycles that we had been shown and we were Mm -hmm. doing what had been modeled for us. And just even thinking about having options, having the option to opt out um, of that trajectory was not even something that we would have thought of. And so being 25 and having that you know, literal crisis, the epiphany, that life breakdown of, oh my gosh, like if this is it and I'm going to do this for, you know, granted like 75 more years, like I'm, yeah. I'm not about it. What was that time period actually like for you? Because I know that a lot of people are going to be listening to this and thinking like, there's no way that it was like that. And it is like it is today in a rather short amount of time if we're thinking about, you know, the rate of change that all of this has unfolded for you. The quantum leaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, when I work with clients, I talk about the in-between space and I literally, that's what I call it. The in-between space from 
let's just say that moment where I had that aha that this can't be my life forever. I have to change something to meeting my partner, to getting my first client, to us signing the coffee shop, right? Which those are all the big moments, but there's a lot of in-between space in between those moments. A lot relative, right? Some people might be like a year, a few years, not a lot of time, but it can feel like forever when Mm -hmm. you're in it. That Mm in-between space can feel really, really long. And I think that part is actually the hardest part of healing, is actually the hardest part of building your most aligned, dreamiest life is sitting in the uncomfortability of the unknown because Mm. you're breaking all, you know, your toxic cycles. You're essentially stepping out of your comfort zones. Even if those comfort zones are the darkest places, you're still comfortable there. So in order to remove yourself from it, you're going to feel the grasping. You're going to feel like you want it back, even if it's, you know, subconscious, but you're probably going to find yourself doing some behaviors if it's subconscious that are still trying to get you back there. A lot of self-sabotage. I mean, you have to be willing to sit in that discomfort. You have to be willing to think in that forward motion, because that's likely the only thing that's going to get you out of that discomfort in the present. And really, when you think about it, if you're just thinking about the future, you're still in that discomfort in the present. So it's being willing to sit in that discomfort, but having trust, having faith, having a belief in something greater than that moment. And that's what you're going towards. And then, and what I tell clients, the beautiful part of that is you sit in that discomfort, you get to the milestones, you get to the quantum leaps, right? So you meet the partner, you you build your dream business, you get your first client, right? All these really pivotal moments and your brain, your nervous system starts to be like, oh shit, this is real, right? So it's almost like we have to believe it before it's mm-hmm. it's there to even get to the newness of the next thing, whatever that is, right? For each individual. So it's uncomfortable. I remember thinking, it just wasn't going to be possible. And I didn't even know what it was, right? Just anything different than (laughs) what I knew because my life continues to unfold in a way that I'm constantly shocked by it. And I personally love that about myself, that I am still not um, so egotistical that I am like, I can have and do whatever I want that in moments where I continue to believe that even before it's here and then it becomes true. I'm like, oh shit, we are extremely powerful, right? Like I am the creator of my own life, my own destiny, um, but I stay humble about it. And that's probably because, and I would, I want to change this for my kids, right? I didn't grow up believing this my whole life, that this Mm. life that I did was possible. So I'm still constantly in awe of my own life. And when I say change it for my own kids, I'm like, I want my three-year-old to be like, I actually believe, right? We tell kids all the time, you can be anything you want to be, but we don't actually um, teach them the tools to do that. So I want my three-year-old to believe that. And I also want them to have the tools and then I want them to see the proof, right? And then they're like, of course I can. Of course, duh. That's how easy I want it to feel for them. But I'm currently... um, breaking that generational cycle. So I think anyone who's, you know, feels like it's impossible for them, it's okay to feel like it's impossible, but you have to believe. And even if it's a loose, vague belief that something greater is possible, that's the only thing that's going to pull you through that really uncomfortable in-between space. Yeah, because it's in the in-between spaces that we don't have the momentum, we don't have the proof, we don't have the thing that we're calling in happening just yet to really back up and give us support in all of the things that we're doing. And going to what you just spoke about in terms of tools, what were those tools that you started picking up, you know, piece by piece and how did you start implementing them? Because when people hear your story, I think they're very quick to think like, okay, so you were there and then like now you're here. But Mm -hmm. there were a lot of in-between spaces. There were times where you were back and forth, you know, where you were leaving your toxic ex, but like Mm -hmm. weren't away completely yet. It was a lot of back and forth. It was a lot of maybe today was a good day, but then like, you know, tomorrow we're having a panic attack. So being able to get back up and keep trying with those new tools until they became second nature. Right. Yeah. So I had been in, I had been in therapy, honestly, probably my, most of my life. So I 
will give my parents credit that although their relationship was extremely toxic, they did see that I had a lot of behavioral issues as a child because of it. So I was the kid who would like tantrum and scream in kindergarten. Like they thought I was going to be put in special education because I couldn't just could not essentially act how we're supposed to act, right? Like sit there, listen, be quiet, all those things. Um, So at about five, I got put in therapy and I was in therapy five. I was in therapy at 12. I was in therapy at 18. I was diagnosed with anxiety at 21, right? Like I was in the system for a long time, I guess you could say in that world. So I had always had a certain level of um, awareness and processing what was going on, but I did not, and, and this is, you know, different for every single human. I did not have actual tools to create the change. And so mm-hmm. once I was 25 and I realized like I've been going to therapy for 20 years of my life at this point, and I am still this miserable. I'm on daily anxiety medication on top of, I carry around Xanax with me. If I have a panic attack at any point, like what can I actually do? And it sounds so simple to me now, but I know when you're in it, it's not this simple, but I started Google searching and I started Google searching (laughs) like therapy's not working. What else out there exists? And for me, the first room that I entered that I really started to have breakthroughs was CODA. So that is Codependence Anonymous. It's similar to Alcoholics Anonymous. And what I needed essentially, and I didn't know I needed ever before this, was to see other people struggling in the same Mm. way that I was struggling. I needed mirrors. And unfortunately, because of the wall between therapy a lot of the time, I didn't have a mirror. So Mm -hmm. they weren't Mm -hmm. telling me anything about their own life or how it was going. So it was just me (laughs) like reversing this. And I was, as I got older, I became very high achieving, very quote unquote successful, was doing all the things, looked like I had it all together, right? So this anxiety was very silent. My toxic relationship was very silent. I struggled with all this alone. And I had always been the person in my family. I have four or excuse me, three older siblings. There's four of us total who everyone was like, Allie has it all together. Allie has it all together. So it was more of this internal pressure. And then in my own I would literally have panic attacks in my closet that felt like my safe place to go and hide and do it. It was so solo. It was so lonely, this journey. So when I finally sat in a room of 20 other women talking about all the same stuff that I was experiencing, it changed something in me. And this, I could talk about what could have changed all day long, but specifically really let me start, let me start to see my own life through other people talking about Mm. there, Um, which that was, I learned a million more tools than that, but I really see that now knowing what I know is the pivotal point. I needed accountability. I needed support. I needed those mirrors. And I know, you know, you and I hold this space a lot in coaching now, like this has become Mm -hmm. a big of mind to allow people to see themselves through my own life, my own experience because of this life-changing experience. But really for me, it was continuing to show up every single week, every single week in a place where I could see that I could self-identify, I could share my story, I could say if I talked to my ex or not, right? It was just an entirely different world versus I was doing that in therapy and my therapist would kind of hold me accountable. But also if I was like, I called my ex again, it was like, she wasn't really that mad about it. She didn't really care that much. But <laughs> the girls in Kodo were just like, you deserve so much better. Why would you do that? Right? They didn't have the like ethical wall up. Mm-hmm. So they were just like caring about me as people uh, or as a person. And I was caring about them as people. And it became this like, we are all rising together sisterhood. Um it was the most healing thing I've ever done. And I just started doing a bunch of other tools on top of CODA. But for me, CODA 100% changed my life. I went consistently for two years. And within that two-year time span, I went from having a corporate job in a toxic relationship on anxiety medication to off of anxiety medication, leaving a corporate job being in a healthy relationship, cutting all communication with my ex. I was an entirely different person by the time I walked out of that room. And even my first iteration of my business recovery came from even using that word, right? We all say 
um, you know, like I am a recovering codependent. And so that language I wanted to bring onto the, um, you know, social media world, the online world in a way that was a little bit more approachable because not everyone identifies with the term codependent. I had heard of codependency before I ever entered the room. And I was like, I'm not codependent joke of my life because I was the most codependent person I can ever, you know, I'm like textbook codependent, but I just didn't identify with that terminology. Um, And so even like the life I live today, I definitely have to give credit to CODA because that's where the idea for recovery came from of how can I create this opportunity for more people, but in a way that went even deeper because I even hit a point in CODA where I was like, I need more? Where's the mentor in this group who has been through it and is on the other side and is living the life I want to live? And I was like, oh, shoot, I can become this for other mm. women. So yeah, yeah, I have to give a lot of credit to that. And I I think that also, if you know we're going back in time, that may have also been the space where you started to allow those seeds of leadership to be planted, right? Because yeah. when we are in those spaces. It is very um, egalitarian in terms of like everyone takes turns, like right. leading everybody, you know, yeah. supporting one another. There's, you know, sponsors and sponsees. There is, you know, that certain right. level of like, yeah, you can still help somebody else and still be in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And knowing that you don't need to necessarily like, quote unquote, have it all together to be able to right. stand in support and stand in leadership of other people. And knowing that you wanted to have that for yourself, but you also wanted to have that for other people, right? And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, like I've healed my codependency. Yay, go me. You're like, yo, who else out there is codependent and needs my help? You know, who else is out there that really could benefit from, you know, the things that I have learned? And I think that that's where not everybody has, you know, like the leadership gene, if you will, where it's like, cool, like I did this thing. How can I go and help somebody else do it? They've climbed to that top of the mountain and they're reaching their hand down to lift somebody else up to where they are. And when you first started recovery, like what, what did it actually look like? What were you doing? Who were you helping? How were you helping them? Yeah. So I definitely started with the codependency aspect. Again, I was like, the name is all about a recovery journey. And I was really, you know, on the, in the early stages of my own journey, but far enough ahead where I was no longer living in that pain and dysfunction. And I just wanted to like scream it from the rooftops that you do not have to live this way because I always thought about myself and was like, if I would have found this person on the internet being like, you don't have to live this way. I would have been like, tell me more. I will eat this up. Right. And because again, that, that pain is so all consuming when you're in it. So recovery really started with me trying to share my story, share my message, help other people with the tools. It was really codependency focused And I was, you know, extremely blessed by the universe. And I firmly believe what's meant for us won't pass us by. So when we're standing in our power and we are willing to take those risks, even if it's scary, even if our voice trembles, um, things don't pass us by. So within my first month of creating my Instagram and starting recovery, I started in October of 2020. And I had a client by December, early December of 2020. So it was within one month I had that first client. With that first client, when we started to establish goals and I got trained um, and certified in coaching, so I was doing like a very specific formula for coaching Mm -hmm. in the beginning, a 12-week program that someone else had written, right? But I was taking their goals and like fitting them in and making it a little bit more codependency focused. I recognized the theme of like, Some people don't identify with codependency, but they really have a lot of toxic cycles, really what it is, whether this be in their relationships, like I experienced, or this be in their thought patterns, or this be in their mental health, or their coping skills, or situations with money, right? Like it just was popping up over and over and over. So when we were establishing goals, it was usually because they were in a toxic cycle in some area of their life that they no longer wanted that pain that was coming from that place. So From there, I expanded a little bit to toxic cycle recovery, um, and that was my niche for mm, about a year and a half, I would say, really Mm. solidly, and that was when I was able to 
leave working for anyone else, become, you know, fully independent in income and a lot of, a lot of quantum leaps there, but it is funny. And, you know, I do share this because I think it's important that at some point toxic cycles, like, wasn't it? Like I was working with so many women on it, but I wasn't feeling lit up by the topics. When I had Mm. the calls with the clients, I felt lit up by the client. I felt up by helping them get to where they Mm. wanted to be. Mm -hmm. But it Mm -hmm. like when it came to like writing about it or writing content or showing up, I was like, I don't want to talk about anxiety more. I don't want to talk about my toxic relationship. I don't want to talk about all these like what I now call a little bit lower vibration stuff because my life was so high vibe. It was exciting. We were building new things. We were going new places. We were adventuring. We were exploring. And then when I had to show back up as recovery and talk about very important, very meaningful things, but just somewhere I no longer lived, it became a job. And this was no longer something that I was passionate about. It was a job. And that took me a really long time to give myself permission that that was okay, that I wasn't Mm. talking about that anymore. Because for, you know, those about two years that I had done recovery, either in codependency or toxic cycles, like that was my why. That was why I created this in the first place. That was the vision to help other women get out of toxic cycles. So it took a really long time of allowing myself to say that's okay. Um, And in that, it's funny because the universe, you know, always leads you where you want to go. I started helping a lot of women in business and people were just appearing for business. And even if they weren't appearing for business, by the end of the time I was done working with them or, you know, first package, we were then (laughs) creating businesses and actually re-signing for business stuff. And I was helping with social media and I was very hands-on in all my clients' businesses. Um, and that's how we've gotten to the iteration of, you know, X recovery. Now Ali McCall coaching that it is today is really allowing myself to embody exactly who I am today. No longer forcing myself to push something that is still so worthy. And like, I love that version of me who coached that and anyone who's coaching, you know, life coaching, healing, trauma, and like you are so needed in this world. Um, But it's just no longer who I am today. It no longer lights me up. So that's where we're at now. Yeah. And that is authenticity ultimately, right? Like authenticity is being willing to do an alignment audit. And this is kind of something that, you know, Mm we – figured out for you is something that you're very, very, very good at. You're very good at doing it for yourself. You're very good at doing it for other people, really listening to all of the cues, internal, external, you know, what's going on in your relationships? How are you feeling? How's your nervous system? Um, What's coming up for you in terms of feeling resistant? Is it, you know, sticky Mm -hmm. because you're afraid of it or is it sticky because it's not in alignment anymore and really being able to practice that discernment and knowing that just because something was true for you doesn't mean that it has to continue to be true for you. And that doesn't mean that you're somehow being inauthentic. You're actually being more authentic because as conscious humans, we are going to change. We're going to shift. We're going to evolve. We're going to expand. And so you trying to go back and serve people in that space when you yourself are very far away from that space, which great, like that's kind of like the whole point of healing, right? Yeah. Um, that wouldn't yeah. have been very authentic. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And I think, you know, I always talk to business owners that I coach that owning a business, having a business is nothing more than being a creative. And we've gotten so far away from that in capitalism because now we're talking about money, right? And success and all these things that really convolute it. But you owning a business is just you creating things in this world. Whether that be like us in our coffee shops, that's all just a creation of coffee and food and beverage, right? In a space, a community space. Or if it's an online entrepreneurship journey, like being a coach, then you are creating a message, a voice, a brand, teachings, right? So it is all a creation. And I see so many business owners get stuck, right? They get blocked. And I've been there too. And I think if you can be like, 
simplest question you can ask yourself to move yourself forward in this is what do I want to create? What do I want to create in my business? And I had a conversation actually with a client earlier today was like, but I have a website and I have business cards and I have things for like, this. <laughs> like is, it, is there going to be an in-between space where you don't have it all set up? Hell yeah. But guess what? If you're also blocked forever, you're going to quit. That website's going to go to shit anyways. Those business cards are not going to get handed out because you're not creating. You're going to you're going to do the like slow burn to quit instead of like the I'm going to allow you're like quiet to quit on yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, when we think about all those things, we're like, I can't I have to stay this way forever. I'm like, that's going to lead you to burnout anyways. Right. So if we can just think like I am an artist, I am a creator of my own life, of my businesses, and I'm going to continue to to make things right. That's what creating is from that space. Um the possibilities are endless for your lifetime, literally endless. And I know we're getting better at this in society, but I still feel like we're not there if we just constantly allow ourselves to create over and over and over and over and be okay with that. I personally think life gets to be a lot more fun Mm. and we all should get better at it versus feeling like we have to find our forever job or forever business or forever thing forever. And it has to stay this one thing like no wonder anxiety and depression is as high as it is because we're not allowing yep. evolution to happen, which is yeah. supernatural for all of us. Yeah. And that's, it, that is something that, you know, I've seen that so often as a therapist where like, you know, I realize that depression a lot of times, and I'm not talking about, you know, chemical depression or yeah, like, yeah. you know, anxiety in terms of like a chemical imbalance. I'm talking about the symptom of depression. Um, is where like people do not feel like something is correct for them. And I say correct and not in the sense of right or wrong, but more in a sense of like being aligned with your truth, what your deepest truth actually is and being able to live that out loud. And anxiety is like this fear of the future, not being any better than what is going on with you today. And we're so afraid to make mistakes. We're so afraid of failure that we just don't lean in. And something you and I were um, talking about, you know, before we began the recording today was that when you were doing things, you know, (laughs) bless your soul, Allie, you are like one of the most intense individuals that I know. Like you, you (laughs) have, it's like either zero or it's a hundred, but it's, it's from this place of ease and flow, which is beautiful. And why people come to you because they're like, yo, how can I be that effective, but also that chill? Um, if you're looking for that answer, (laughs) definitely work with Allie. Uh, but really you, you just leaned in hard to whatever was real and true and present. And you didn't necessarily worry about if it was going to be your forever or the thing that you were going to do for the rest of your life. You just showed up 1000% for that thing. And we're so open to wherever it was going to lead you next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, coming from a life and I truly mean a life of anxiety ruling every decision from the time I was five years old until let's just say 26, right? Because it took a while to get to really get away from that. Um, Now, when I feel anxiety in my body, it is an indicator. It is like Mm. an, oh, shoot, it's here. It has arrived. And I know my anxiety now is a tool. It's a tool to lead me in directions. True anxiety, right? There's a difference from being like, I feel a little nervous or I feel a little scared or I need to work on, you know, building a skill or building confidence in an area versus like that pit in my stomach anxiety that this is not it. And I lean in hard to whatever it is that's going to support me curing that anxiety essentially. And a lot of the times, most of the times it does require big action And whereas big action used to terrify me, thanks to anxiety, I now have realized that by taking big action in my life, I am able to immediately, like days now at this point, like three days after I decide to change something, it's like all the anxiety quiets. My body's like, yes, this was it, right? And it's become such an intuitive feature in myself. Um... And, you know, we made a lot of changes this year. It's only April and we've moved. We've stepped away from a coffee shop and a community that we built and we loved and we cherished. And we've 
I have rebranded my brand that I built and I loved and I cherished. And um, if someone a year ago had told me I would have done all that, I would have fought hard and been like, no, there's no way. But with all of these things, that anxiety started to set in. And then there's a deep sense of knowing that something has to change. And I think really the biggest piece of me taking that swift action is trusting that the the change is going to be the thing that is right for me. And it's, you know, my intuition telling me that there's something greater than this. And every single time, every single time in my life that I lean into it, Again, the change, not the anxiety. Mm-hmm. I lean away from the anxiety and take the hard action to create the change. I have never regretted it. I've never been proven wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really now what gives me that grounded energy to take big action and do big changes because I just know it's it's going to get even greater. And just to give an example of this to any listeners, with the coffee shop, there, it was really exciting in the beginning to be presented ownership opportunity in a coffee shop. I don't come from money. My partner doesn't come from money. It costs a lot of money to own a brick and mortar business, especially when the most pivotal machine in the business, an espresso machine, costs upwards of 30K, right? It's a, yeah. it's a car in the middle of a, a business. And that's just that. That's nothing else around it. So <laughs> on average, you know, you need like a for a typical build out, maybe 200K sitting around to build a coffee shop. So we always knew we wanted one. That's a whole nother story of this, you know, the coffee story, but we didn't know how it was going to come about. The universe has its ways, right? It popped up. We were offered ownership with zero money needed to have ownership. So it was a dream opportunity. We took that very, very quickly in. We learned that it wasn't going to be quite as romantic as we had hoped, unfortunately, just due to strong um, differences in values with us and our partners and why we all wanted this coffee shop in the first place. So we had a really slow process, slow in the beginning, but then it was like zero to 100 all at once, learning that this coffee shop was not the coffee shop for us. And when I talk about anxiety, I was like, do I need to go back on medication when we were deciding if we Mm. were leaving or we were staying because it was this life changing decision. We lived in the community. We were part of the community. My now husband was bringing in a full time consulting income based off that business. So we were like, everything's going to change. Um, And we also knew our heart was so in it, we couldn't live in the community and not have that coffee shop. So if we were going to leave the coffee shop, we also had to move, which meant big life choice and changes coming if we chose to walk away. But again, that anxiety was present. My partner told me um, that he could literally could not see himself living another year in our, in our circumstances. And once he said that, it was like, we got to go, we got to go. You cannot be this miserable. So we trusted it and we leaned away and we left it. And it was one of the most painful days of our lives to Mm -hmm. say bye to everyone in the community, to pack our things into a U-Haul and to walk away from that. But that was only in, I talk about this as as if it was like a year ago. That was (laughs) literally two months ago. It was like nine (laughs) weeks ago. Um, It was February. A lot has happened in the meantime. (laughs) Yeah, it was February 11th of this year. And by two weeks later... The universe dropped the next thing to tell us you guys made the right choice. We got an email from an investor being like, I've scouted Chris, my partner. I've watched him speak on panels. I think he's incredible. I want to open a coffee shop and I want it to be with you guys. If you guys want to open a coffee shop, please email me back and let's talk. And it was, again, one of those things from the universe that you're just like, I I wish I could make this stuff up, but I can't because I I am in awe and in shock. We met this individual. We've talked to him a few times and he is like, like if I could have made up a dream partner, it is him. He cares about people. He cares about the community. He cares about empowering younger people in business. And he's a big mentor himself in a lot of the um, entrepreneur spaces he's in. And he he's a dream, truly a dream. And after he was like, yep, sign me up. I want to do this with you guys for sure. And we kind of all gave each other a hug and said, we're going on this next adventure of a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I literally looked at my partner and I was like, 
does it get to be this good? Does it get to be this good and easy? And my partner was like, yeah, you know, yeah, because we made the tough decision to walk away from the thing that we thought was going to be the forever, but wasn't, Ooh. it wasn't feeling good. It wasn't feeling like it. And we even told this partner that if he would have reached out to us, let's say in like November of 2022, we would have probably said no, because we didn't have the clarity yet that, mm. you know, our current coffee shop wasn't it. And it took us trusting that something better was going to come for something better to come. We had to create the space for that better thing to come. And he's like, when do you guys want to do it? And we're like, now. And he's like, perfect. Now let's get going. Let's start. Um, So although we felt very, you know, it kind of feels like a breakup. You're like, I had this thing. Now I don't have this thing. This time next year, we will have our next coffee shop that can fill that hole, that void we currently feel from not having the current coffee shop that we built. So I think that's just such a beautiful example for anyone who's like, but I don't know. Like if I let go of the things that are causing me anxiety, I don't know what's mm-hmm. coming next. And like, you don't have to know. You just have to have mm-hmm. faith. You have to have trust. You have to take the aligned action to make that thing come. Um, and, if, you know, there's always planting seeds along the way. Someone could be like, yeah, well, he saw, you know, your partner's YouTube videos of him talking kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, you and never like, know. You never know. And that's like, I love, like, I actually, Allie and I are friends in real life. And this is actually the first time I've been able to talk to her about the details of how all of this unfolded. And I'm just sitting here because, you know, I do know your husband in the sense yeah. that, like, you know, I I have watched his just raw passion for yeah. people and coffee, right? If we're going to distill it down, it's people and coffee. Yeah. And he has shown up with this passion, like the world was listening, even though he didn't know yeah. if anybody was listening. But uh, to me, that is such an affirmation that like you show up in alignment with like your highest self, you show up in alignment with what the purpose and the vision is. And you just know that it matters. You know that it's important. Yeah. It doesn't matter if like, today you have like zero views on your YouTube, you know, channel. And then who knows, somebody shouts you out three years later. And the next thing you know, that video that you made three years ago that you thought everybody forgot about is actually the thing that gives you, you know, literally the keys to your future. You, you, You don't know. And I tell my clients a lot that when we are looking at our lives, it's often like, you know, a parking garage. And unless you move some cars out to make space, Nothing mm-hmm. new can come in. And so if yes. you're busy keeping all those spots like filled and packed, right. it doesn't matter if there's new things that are coming. They're just yeah. going to keep circling around. There's nowhere for them to actually come into your life yes. and stick and stay because oh, you have made zero space. But we mm-hmm. are like emotional hoarders in that sense where we just want to like hold on to yeah. what we know, to what's familiar. Our nervous systems are literally wired to avoid change. Um, so speaking about that release, that surrender, that trust, what did you and Chris do to help walk yourselves through this transition? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely still in process, but first and foremost, we really had to celebrate everything that we had built that we were letting go of. So I think it's a Mm. quick kind of gut reaction to like, throw it all away, burn it all, right? (laughs) Kind of thing when you're like grieving something or where you're like mourning something, but we really let that love magnify. We celebrated everything that we had built at the same time of manifesting and being intentional about creating, talking about, being excited about what we hoped for our future. Um, Even before this investor reached out, it was like, we are going to, we can leave this coffee shop because we can own another one. Now we still don't have 200K sitting around. So we weren't exactly like, we can go build it ourselves. We we don't know the how, we just know the end result. Yeah. Yeah. So we were envisioning, we were talking about it. We were making plans with other um people in the coffee community who we wanted to bring in on partnerships, which we are doing kind of on the roasting Mm. end of things and talking about, we are going to open a coffee shop next year. We only signed a one year lease really intentionally. Like we went into this lease being like, we're not going to be here forever. This is just a year to figure out how we're going to go do this. And we're going to go do this again without knowing a single part of the specifics that let us grieve and mourn and celebrate at the same time of being excited 
for something else, right? Kind of like I was talking about in the beginning where you have to stay future focused and you, even if you don't know exactly Mm -hmm. how it's going to look, you really have to hold a vision. Um, We held that vision. We also are still in the process and I'd be lying if I said we weren't of grieving our old life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like we said, that literally was just a couple months ago. We're not talking to each other. This is not the love is blind reunion, which happened a year later. Like, Totally, totally. 100%. Yeah. So like whenever that comes up, we communicate about it. I will journal about it. I am big on, you know, the moon. So every time the full moon comes, I'm like, I got more releasing to do on this. It is still emotional for me. I'm even allowing myself to do things that are a little bit burn it down at this point. So I officially like (laughs) unfollowed our old coffee shop on Instagram, are we still owners of it? Yeah. Did that feel a little funny to me to be like, I own this thing, but I'm not going to follow it? Yeah. But I was like, I can go click it whenever I want to see what's going on. But Mm -hmm. right now, what do I Mm -hmm. need? I need some space. I need some space, right? So it's doing the things that even if it's like, like, should I do that as a business owner? I mean, it depends who we're asking, right? But it's just feels true to me and alignment to me to do right now to heal. So We're continuing to lean into communication, journaling, processing, releasing while being excited and celebrating every little step of not only what we've built in the past, but what we're building in the future and all the in-between space that we're taking to get there. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I personally have learned from you, Allie, from speaking to you, just from witnessing you, from being inspired by you. It's the ability to hold a vision without having the how. So many yeah. people need to, to have the how, or they at least are under the narrative that they need to have a how in order to hold mm-hmm. a vision. They're like, okay, I want this thing, but how am I going to get there? And there is this really beautiful quantum leap universe energy, whatever the heck you want to call it, hack, if you will, where you can just hold the vision and the how will get filled in for you. It's like that algebra equation, right? Where it's like, you know, if like N plus three equals seven, then what is, you know, N? Okay. Well, you don't need to know what N is. Like it will fill itself in. If you know what the answer is, if you know where you're going and you hold fast to that and you lean into it and you get really excited, right? Infuse it with energy. It's not just like, Mm -hmm. we're going to own a coffee shop a year from now. This is our goal. No, y'all are like, we're going to own a coffee shop. It's going to be awesome and and juicy and abundant and Mm -hmm. flowy. And there's going to be people and we're going to bring you in and it's going to be fun. And this is the vision. Like you guys are infusing this with so much energy. And I feel like the more energy you infuse your vision with, it gives the universe more material to work with, to fill in the how. And the more energy you infuse, the quicker that how is going to start to materialize because you are giving so much into what that answer is. And it's just inevitable that the in-between will get filled in for you, for lack of a better term. Right, right. And I often give this like really tangible hack to my clients and I'll share it at the podcast because I think sometimes people are like, well, how do I embody that energy, right? Right, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, okay, great. So let go of the how, but how do I let go of the how? <laughs> right, and especially when you're in a place like with us, right? Like I literally cried Sunday about the coffee shop. It is now Tuesday. Like there is still a lot of um, uh, uh, energy that's not necessarily forward moving. It's still mourning and grieving, right? Which when we mourn and grieve, usually we're thinking backwards because it's about mm. something we lost. But a hack that I use in my own life, my partner uses, and I give to my clients a lot is so simple. And it's using the phrase, wouldn't it be fun if often, often. So like, I want you to go ham on wouldn't it be fun if, and start using that in areas of your life. So when I feel really sad about losing our last coffee shop, I'm like, wouldn't it be fun if we had a new one? Wouldn't it be fun if a partner approaches us and tells us they'll pay for the thing? Wouldn't it be fun if our coffee shop is called this and we're doing this, right? And with my new rebrand, wouldn't it be fun if I felt really empowered by my new name? Wouldn't it be fun if I was really inspired with energy to create content again? Wouldn't it be fun if, right? And all of a sudden, I'm excited just by saying, wouldn't it be fun if? Because it's such a forward-moving phrase and it's also low pressure. So Mm. it's not necessarily a have to or a should or a could or a would, right? It's just, wouldn't it be fun? And fun is something that 
I don't care where you're at in your mental space. We all desire, right? Especially in adulthood, we all Mm. could use more fun. So if we start to really intentionally use that word to say, wouldn't it be fun? It's not like it has to happen, but it'd be really (laughs) fun if that could happen. That gives you that really almost effortless energy flow to start manifesting and attracting in more of what you desire. So we'll go ham sometimes. And I've even been doing this. We had to reschedule our honeymoon, which could feel like a downer, but I'm actually happy about it. We had to move it a few months back because of passport issues Um, and timing of another coffee shop that we're involved in. So it was just all getting too close. So we were like, let's move it back. And we literally went this weekend on a picnic where all we did the whole picnic was talk about, wouldn't it be fun if for our honeymoon to just manifest that this like kind of negative Kind of, right? Like having to push it back, not our first option, kind of going with our second option for a honeymoon plan happens to end up being even better than this first one could be, right? So we just like laid on a blanket, looked up at the sky and we're like, wouldn't it be fun if we got an upgraded room? Wouldn't it be fun if we end up getting first class flights? Wouldn't it be fun if they give us a free excursion, right? And you can just do that all day and it becomes really fun. So whether you do this as a journaling practice with a partner, with a friend, with yourself, um, that's my that's my little hack to give people a possibility um, for themselves to let themselves step into that energy. I love that so much. And I think just having that energy of play around possibility, it just Mm -hmm. automatically upgrades the energy around it, like amplifies it big time. And, you know, for a lot of people who don't know you as well as I know you, feeling into that energy is such a cool thing because, you know, you are a very grounded energy. Like you're not Mm -hmm. somebody who's like up in the clouds all the time, like at all. Like Allie is very like grounded, very matter of fact, very system oriented. Like that is not necessarily something I would imagine you choosing or leaning into, but it just goes to show that just because we're oriented one way energetically doesn't mean we can't stretch and expand ourselves to be able to bring in other pieces or other energy types to help us in our journey, to help us be able to balance out however it is that we exist in the world so that we can amplify or infuse, you know, things with different types of energy. And I think that's a really beautiful practice, especially for you. Cause I know that you tend to get really like hands dirty in the trenches, like head down, yeah. like we're doing the thing. And so just to take that break and like, have it be imaginative, have it be playful, have it yeah. be expansive, have it be fun. Right. Um, I think that's something that is such an important message for so many different reasons. Yeah. And it's a beautiful reframe too, for any time you have a limiting belief or like a can't or a won't come up. Right. Like, why don't you just drop that and think like, wouldn't it be fun if it does happen? (laughs) And again, from that place of like, I have nothing to lose. It just would be fun if I, you know, make 10K this month. That'd be fun. Why not? Right? And again, it takes all the pressure off um, from that control. And you had mentioned control earlier. And I definitely used to be a hyper control freak. And I, you know, some people, my husband might argue that I still am a little bit of a control freak. I'm very particular of a human being. I like things in a certain way. Um, if you need packing tips, look at Allie's Instagram. (laughs) Packing all the minimalist, right? One in, one out. We got systems, like Amber said. But really, I think that wouldn't it be fun lets me let go of that control, lets it be more free flowing and like I said, I am still and will always will be recovering from anxiety, mm. recovering from codependency. Um, and that's just something that I use probably on the daily. Anytime I feel any of that negative energy, I'm like, wouldn't it be fun with? And it's another thing that's never proven me wrong because a lot of the times I'm like, holy shit, I'm so powerful. I made this happen. I manifested this. And again, it comes with some aligned action too. I hate, you know, when we Mm -hmm. talk about manifestation or things happening, we oversimplify it. It can't be just, wouldn't it be fun? You're also going to have to take some aligned action. (laughs) Right. Um, So I don't want to oversimplify it, but you can start there. It's a great starting point. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people who don't know, just being able to take that energetic momentum because, 
you and your now husband um, have, you know, you touched on this. You got engaged. You actually got married. Uh, yeah. You moved. You transitioned uh, brick and mortar businesses, and yeah. you rebranded your business in what? It was this, like less. A car. Like oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And they they had a car fire, and so they had to buy a new car. <laughs> Um, you know, while being full-time parents to two very adorable cats. Um, but like most people like would not be able to even do a fraction of that within like a year. So even the fact that you're having any cohesive thoughts, like sitting here talking to me (laughs) about all of this, like it happened a year ago, even though it didn't. Um, I think that that is a true testament to you really truly embodying the, practices that you're sharing with everybody and really being a true embodied leader in the fact that like, you're not just telling people this stuff that you really are walking the walk as well. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, it's definitely always a work in progress. So I never like to fool anyone and make anyone think I have it together all the time. Like I said, I definitely have my moments where I'm like, this feels hard or this is hard, right? Or, um, I need like even with our vacation getting or our honeymoon getting pushed back, part of me was like, that's okay, because I kind of just need a break. And I know a vacation's supposed to be a break, but I like I don't even want to worry about like the travel and the cat babysitter and like all the things that come with traveling, right? Um <laughs> so I definitely have some things that I'm like, that's okay that that doesn't happen right now on top of everything else that we have going on. But with that said, it's always using the tools again very intuitively to make sure that I'm moving the needle forward in my life in a way that is um, the truest for me. And Mm. that sounds so simplified, but really that's what I try to um, teach in my coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's a big practice in helping other women in entrepreneurship is how can this just be so good, so aligned, so flowy, and so true for you? We need to put on the blinders and Stop mm-hmm. the comparison, stop the shoulds, stop the coulds that we've been taught and really just trust that, trust mm-hmm. that process and use the tools to get there. So yeah, yeah, always a work in progress of it in my own life. And I think it's really important to note too, that like, this isn't it. Like we aren't at the end goal, even with like our own coffee shop, my partner will say things to me and I even feel my own nervous system being like, holy shit. When he's like, let's do a coffee empire. And I'm like, I don't know if we're ready for that, you know, whole coffee <laughs> empire, maybe two locations. Like we've all, we've only had one location. So if we go to two, that's like doubling. That's a whole quantum leap. Right. So when you're talking like empire and like, I don't know, babe, but then part of me is also like, you don't know yet though, right? And it gets to be that good and it gets to be that fun. And if in 30 years from now, you guys are the next blue bottle, which I won't compare to Starbucks. I'd never want to be that, you know, much no, of a monopoly. No. Um, kind of thing. <laughs> we'll compare to like a blue bottle, which is, you know, pretty big at this point. Um, bought out by Nestle, ironically. And I'm sure whoever started that's living a good life, built in that empire. I'm like, maybe... Maybe we could. Wouldn't it be fun if we built a coffee empire, right? So I think just always staying open to an evolution. And if something feels too scary because it's so far ahead, just know that you can just be like, what am I going to do tomorrow to move that needle forward towards the most truest version of myself and the life that I want to live? And that can be enough for now. And, you know, it's just funny how it all unfolds. Like my life is an example of where Mm. three months from now, you could be a whole different version of yourself if you're open to receive the journey that you're meant to go on. Yeah. And I think right there is like a really beautiful space to wrap up because in one of the pieces that is so important to me in having this podcast is to highlight people who I know are ethical leaders, who are really beautiful, compassionate coaches, who are truly aligned and conscious entrepreneurs. And the piece that you said, Allie, about really helping your clients to find what is true for them, the unique way that they are meant to show up in the world. 
to me, that is, that's what all business coaching should be. And it's, it still Mm -hmm. infuriates me so much when I see people who are like, use my method and then you'll have this, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like it's so important because yes, you Allie have tools and strategies and systems and different things that you can offer to your clients to be like, Hey, this maybe let's try this. Maybe let's try this. I did it this way. What about that feels good for you? Because we can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in, you know, mentorship, coaching programs, whatever, learning the way that it worked for somebody else. But unless that's going to be able to be translated to your lived experience, your energy type, the way that you want to show up in the world, your lifestyle, what actually feels good for you, your unique soul, purpose, mission, and calling, it is going to be a waste of your time, energy, effort, and money. And so I just love that so much of your business is around really honoring the way that people uniquely show up in this world and amplifying their uniqueness instead of trying to like give them some pre-prescribed system or strategy and making them fit into that. And then, you know, guaranteeing that it's going to bring in some type of, you know, pre-prescribed end result when maybe that's not even their goal. Yep. Yeah, 100%. I think nothing is true about your unique energy and your unique life, right? It's just we get we're so prescribed in a lot of ways, a one size fits all approach all over our society. And then on top of that, a lot of coaches um, continue to push that message. And it's just not true. We're all so wildly different as individuals. And therefore, our businesses should all function so wildly individually. So Mm. Definitely my MO. I'm even big on like human design. It's something yep. I pull for every single one of my clients. Our first session, as soon as they're like, yes, I'm like, all right, I need this information. Because if I'm <laughs> going to help you, that's a baseline, right? And then really, again, looking at your goals and what feels good for you. And some clients I've even been working with for like two years at this point, And we're still peeling back the shit mm. And doing that work of the comparison, right? And thinking they have to run a business in a certain way. So again, always a work in progress because we're always just reaching new levels of ourselves and we're becoming new versions of ourselves all at the same time. So I say it's a learning and an unlearning process all at the same time. Absolutely. So if you are interested in working with a compassionate coach who is really super obsessed with getting to know you and your unique energy and your unique and individual calling, I highly, 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 highly recommend Allie. And so with, you know, this new rebrand, what are your offerings? How can people actually collaborate and work with you? Yeah, so I'm kind of offering two different one-to-one packages now. So one is very typical coaching. So you and I can work together in the capacity of identifying your goals in your business, setting up the systems, giving you the tools to achieve those goals in a way that feels good for you and working through that together. And then the second one is a little bit more hands-on coaching where I am getting on the back end of my clients' businesses, whether this be their websites, their newsletters. Um, I even have a client today, we're going door to door, like marketing for her together. Um, So we can do that too. It's like whatever tools of your business that you want me to do hands on with you, you can do the coaching with a hands on package on top of that. And you get three additional hours per week of me getting my hands dirty with you to build your business. Um, And this can be online or in person for those in SoCal. Um, and then I am launching powerful entrepreneurship again, which is my group coaching program. Oh, that's so exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. So that's been on the back burner for a bit, but we are bringing it back early May. And that's a really foundational program for anyone who really wants to establish a sustainable, which is really important for me, um, foundation Mm -hmm. to your entrepreneurship journey in a way that feels good in alignment for you. So that's a three-month program. We'll be starting end of May, early June, and we'll be going through the summer. Oh, that is so amazing. And I just love that you're leaning into this because you have, you've helped me, you know, so much with my business, just even the way that you think, the way that you support, the way that you challenge. Um, That is a huge gift that Allie has is 
really being that loving challenger to be like, hey, you know, mm, are you really feeling good about that? Or are you just telling yourself you really feel good about that? Um, lovingly straight up. Lovingly yeah. straight up. <laughs> my yeah. We've had we've had so many conversations where I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't want you to be right, but you're, you're right. And she's like, I'm not right. You're just actually yeah. listening to yourself. I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it doesn't I, feel I like good, to- but it does feel good all at the same time. My version of the downloads, the universe tells me what you already knew, but you were trying to avoid yourself. <laughs> it's that mirror concept. It comes from Coda. You know, I am the mirror um, in a lot of these situations. So yeah, thank you, Amber. I really appreciate you witnessing me. Yeah. And this was such a good conversation. It was such a powerful conversation, not to, you know, steal your words. Um, <laughs> but I really can't wait to see everything that happens in the next three months, given everything yeah. that's happened in the past uh, three months. And yes. we will drop all of Allie's links in the show notes so that you can follow along this juicy amazing, creative, fun expansion that's happening over there. And um, I highly recommend you connect with Ali, especially if you are a conscious entrepreneur or are thinking about becoming a conscious yeah. entrepreneur. You don't have to necessarily have a business. Um, Ali's really good with helping you discern your soul's purpose, your calling, and the way that you're meant mm-hmm. to step up and serve. So if you're feeling that little tug um, with your soul and feeling like whatever you got going on just maybe isn't quite it, um, I would definitely book a session with Allie to, to just explore that a little bit. Can't hurt, right? Yeah. And, you know, my slogan, which has been since day one and still is to this day, is you are more powerful than you know. So that's always going to be what I'm here for to help you see in yourself. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.